0: We have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set
1: down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in, because this has gotten far too
2: cordial. My plan is to cry a lot, and then, no, I'm actually going to do it. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points.
0: I personally am not trying to be a a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be in the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mil sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest
1: it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Our review of rounds 18 and 19 and our preview of round 20. This episode is brought to you by Wild Cards, the sure way to give your fantasy team that fresh round one scent. Uh, um, No, sorry. Uh, This episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by Simon Thwaites, Mr. Guy Sanchez, and Michael Denton. How are you guys doing? What up? Good, good. Doing all right. Glad to see everyone is back in this country and feeling better. That's that's good to know. Uh, guys, rounds 18 and 19, pretty strange week. I think we can all agree um, after the dust has settled. But I'm just going to let you all take a moment to, to rant about round 18 because I, I don't think there's any other reaction to it besides
2: that. What? So this is I saw this in the prep. What are people ranting about? It seems like a pretty straightforward round to me. I did pretty well.: Would you well, have rather I, ha- go ahead?
3: I'll, I'll do the rant. I, I think it's ridiculous that it was this own game week. Uh, it should have been a double game week from the start. This is the summer. This is the busiest time of the MLS schedule. schedule. Rotation piles up, injuries pile up if you looked at this week before and saw that there was a week entirely of midweek games with games on both sides of the weekend, you would have known that you were going to get screwed no matter what you were going to do. And so to me, this absolutely should have been a double game. week. I mean, this is a week that you got kind of got punished for planning for. Uh, I, I to me, it's inexcusable that this, it was his own week. It should never be that again. It's ridiculous that it's going to be again in 25 and, I don't know why it was its own week. Never got an answer, but it's ridiculous that it was. I know Simon doesn't like that idea.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I did fine. Sucks for y'all.
3: I got green arrows, but...
1: Does the king of ranting have anything to weigh in on?
0: (sighs) Well, okay. Here's the thing. It doesn't... I mean, even if we would have added it to a second week and made it double game week, we still would have got screwed with players. So that point to me is a you know, it's a coin toss either way. You you're still going to get the same the same play out of your players. What what bothers me is we 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 have this schedule that we we know even if you're not a fantasy player, you know that you're not going to see the best that your team has to offer because the schedule was quote unquote congested. I don't know. Other major leagues can figure out how to play a midweek game with you know a full roster, but um, it was just it's it's just unacceptable. Like what we saw as their product on a midweek schedule. I mean, when there's really not much else going on in the sporting world, those lineups that we saw, I mean, completely forgettable. I, I just. I, I think it's it's almost better that it was a single game week just because we didn't load up on certain teams to the point that it would have been really bad. But either way, it was just a mess.
1: So it's something like this, as Mike already mentioned, coming up in round 25 again. Uh, are you guys going to approach it any different than you did this time? I guess maybe not you, Simon, since you did so well.
2: I don't know I didn't do that well like I just don't feel like it was that big of a deal like everyone scored pretty low and so the difference between most players or most managers was like five or ten points at the very most it's just like not that big of a difference I don't know like I think I scored like 30 something points like sorry sucks for you if you were in the teens but I don't know maybe you shouldn't have planned so hard for a week that like had such low potential anyway And Maybe that's
1: what the real issue is, is everything was going to be be low. And I know many of us were advocating in the last show that this was not a round to make negatives on. So we knew there weren't going to be people playing. And if you you started taking hits to field a full 11, that's where you started getting in trouble.
2: Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It was like an extra decision that people haven't had to make before. Ideally, in my world, MLS teams just play one game a week and that's it and we don't have to worry about this stuff, and double game weeks don't exist, and things like that. But if they're going to do the schedule in MLS's stupid way that they always do, whatever, you got to roll with the punches. No sense in complaining too much. You signed up for the game. Stop whining.
1: Ouch, harsh words. I will say to touch on what you were talking about, Mike, about not knowing why it happened or getting worried about it, the rounds in fantasy don't line up with the week's for MLS. So this was all still one game week for Major League Soccer, but it was just split up with two for Fantasy. And I believe that's because the goal is to always have 34 game weeks with Fantasy. I'm not sure why, but just looking at the past schedules, that seems to be the trend for for the entire season. Now, going on the, a classic rant that that Guy has, if we threw in a week of no games for our World Cups or our, our um, qualifying games that still gets us sort of the same time frame. Just have a kind of a universal bye week, or not worrying about it. I don't know. I think I'd be okay with thirty-two weeks of a season with with fantasy, but I think that's where the motivation comes is to try to maintain that thirty-four week schedule.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I get that they're trying to do the thirty-four. I, I guess to match the EPL system for whatever the software is that you know <clears throat> for the people who make the game. But to me, a a, a bye week is just so much harsher on players than uh, a double game week because, you know, using uh, Corolla's number of you get 1.6 average score for a player on a double game week versus a player on a single game week, 1.6 to 1 as opposed to 1 versus 0. And then you're not even really sure what the 1 is. To me, having these massive bye weeks are just such a, a harsh thing. I know everyone does it. Everyone has to deal with it. everyone's in the same boat. You can't complain if you get green arrows or, or red arrows. I just don't like the way it's structured because it doesn't reward planning the way double game weeks do. And the really tough decisions about do I go with a double game week player or a single game week player that to me are much more interesting for the fantasy game and really makes helps managers shine. Whereas this is just luck of the draw. does Diaz play? does Sasha play? You know, does Bradley and Phillips get rotated this time? You know, to me, there's not a whole lot of skill in this as opposed to just luck. That's why I'd like in the future to be double game weeks.
1: I think the answer to the first part of, of that example is is no. He has does not play. That's That seems to be what, what tends to happen. Uh, yeah, I, I think if we all had our druthers, we would be like what Simon was saying Uh, one game a week we'd, we'd have it all nice there'd be very few buys very much similar to an EPL type schedule that not being the case do you guys think having more buys not sorry not buys having more wild cards to deal with these buys would be a better solution
2: no I don't think so I think people should learn how to plan quit whining and play the game and stop complaining about how it's organized. Sorry, it's Simon rant time. People complain (laughs) way too much on Twitter. This is all I see. All I see is people complaining about this and that. No, learn how to play the game, figure it out. You chose to play the game. You're having fun clearly because you actually care about it, but like maybe concentrate on your own strategy more than whining about how the game has screwed you over. That's how you get better is you like focus on what you can do better instead of whining about how the game has screwed you over. It's how you get better in any strategy game, and this is basically just another strategy game. So, like, I don't know. Why do people want more decisions when they clearly can't figure out how to make the ones that they already have?
0: I don't know. I think my my issue, though, has... I mean, I understand it's a game, and I understand there's, you know, in the rules of this game, there's going to be rotation, there's going to be suspect coaching changes what i can't understand is how as a fan they expect me to sit there and watch some of these games with with you know b squad rosters in fact i didn't watch probably anything on that week 18 because i I looked at the roster i'm not i'm not going to spend my time to watch amateur hour at the mls show so whether my fantasy team suffers or not is one thing but the way that they have this scheduled, knowing the way their coaches coach, I'm not going to watch just whoever on the field because they wear the colors I like, because they wear the route, the emblem that I like. No, that's, that's, that, that's the bigger issue to me is you can't put out substandard product on a congested schedule just to make your end work and expect me, the fan, to sit there and, and say thank you for it. So I didn't. I think I watched something else.
1: Then you end up with teams like what Dallas fielded, which I think left most people saying, "Who is that guy? Wait a minute, I thought that was my scrub player who was never supposed to play." Okay, well that's what happens there. And we saw the result. I'm sure Simon was happy with that, with that five goal win for Seattle. But enough of that. I think we've <laughs> we've beaten that. All we need to. Uh, how did your wild cards pan out for round 19, guys?
2: I think mine did okay. I had 88 points. I captained Pedro Morales which I thought was going to turn out better than it did against Orlando, whose defense has been kind of garbage lately. Uh, at least I didn't Captain Keen, So I don't know. I'm still <laughs> at third. I was in third place before. I'm still in third place. Whatever.
3: Well, I did Captain Keen, and then I coupled that with uh, having Campbell um, and Zimmerman, hoping one was going to sub for the other, and then I got a big fat zero. Other than that, my team is fine. I got 78, I think it was. I'm double checking now. But um, 75. Other than that, I was fine. 75. So good score normally, but red arrows. So.
0: Guy? Yeah, I had a 76. It was just Keen. You know, if you had Keen and you captain him, you probably weren't doing great. But um, on a, you know, The one-point keen captain, that's not going to happen every week. Um, I did offset that this week, though, by having uh, Irving Lozano captain in my Liga MX fantasy, and that was like 38 points. So I was still smiling about something, even though nobody else plays Liga MX. I was really happy.
1: Maybe we'll branch out next year and have a league for that.
0: Oh, you know, careful. People playing their desired positions on a weekly basis may blow your mind. Just... (laughs) I'm just saying
1: well we'll see we'll see uh, I ended up with seventy nine points this round and I was I was pleased with that I had all green arrows for myself uh, I also captain Keen, which was almost made worse by the fact that about thirty minutes before uh, I just set my roster and had to go off to do other things I had it on Diaz and switched Keen, so that was that was kind of painful when I at the end of the week when I saw everything but uh, I was still pleased to one have the green arrows and I I think Things in those mid-70s and higher, or mid-70s to the mid-80s were pretty respectable scores for people who want to climb up the charts and, and separate themselves. Maybe not for the cream of the crop like like Simon at the top, mm. but uh, I think something in that range is pretty respectable for this round for a single game week um, off a of wild card. So very nice. I also was lucky not to get bitten by having Zimmerman and Campbell on on my team, so I did not have to take a zero for something like that. But that said, 19 was great. I hope everyone made wise use of their wild cards and enjoyed it. We will have another one later in the season, and you should already have your second free anytime wild card available to you that you can use whenever you see fit. And we'll talk more about that in a later show when we get closer to some of those more ideal times. Now we're moving on to our housekeeping section, and we have our very own Mike That Tiger from MLS Injury News who's here to give us the updates on what's what with injuries.
3: Okay, um, our familiar friend, Kaká, he didn't travel at all with Orlando last week, even though they said at the start of the week that he was hopeful. Um, I don't have any further updates on that. I guess we'll just kind of see as the week goes. Uh, Ashley Cole for Los Angeles is coming back from his injury this week. Brad Davis left the match with a left calf strain. Um, no update on his timetable. Josie Altador, he was in the 18, but when they asked Greg Vanny why he didn't play, he said he didn't want to risk Josie's health. So, yeah, I guess he's going to be in the 18, but he's still hurt. I don't get that, but don't play him. Um, Neagle has some sort of hamstring issue. Uh, Simon is going to miss at least this week with an ankle injury. Uh, Derek Houston's goalkeeper left training last, last week with some sort of an abdominal injury. And Kakutamane had surgery on his right foot. He's not expected back until the fall. Um, and since since we're at the time of the year we have a few discipline stuff to cover Uh, I know there's a lot of confusion about Piotti he was just suspended for the New York City match he's good to go this weekend Uh, Awful for Columbus he got uh, a red card that has already been rescinded so Awful is going to play this week
1: that was the worst red card I've ever seen in a long time (laughs) well actually if this is MLS this season that's like the worst red card I've seen in the past hour Reed so (laughs) would
2: you say it was an awful red card
1: I was trying not to go there. I'm,
2: I'm so sorry. Somebody had to, though.
3: I, I feel like you should get docked like 10 points for that song. <laughs> yeah, probably,
2: <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe.
3: El um, Seno, he got a red this week, too, so he's suspended. And Alonzo <laughs> suspended for yellow card accumulation, so he's gone this week. Um, I think Therese now gets a good behavior incentive, so he's off the watch list, but... I can't confirm that because they can't bother to to update the disciplinary page. And, um, for Portland, he is now gone. He's been transferred to a club in Norway. So Gleason should be the starter for the foreseeable future there.
1: You feel good about that move guy?
0: I think it's disappointing. I mean, I liked him and I think, I mean, obviously he was our league winning goalkeeper last year. So it's not like he's garbage or anything. Um, The rough start they had at the beginning of this year, I I can't say that was all his fault. I mean, we just lost Viafania to Liga MX, and Viafania was a great, you know, great addition to our team. And then Ridgewell was out because, of course. So then when, you know, Quarsa goes out and hurts his finger, I mean, has Gleason been okay? Yeah, he's been serviceable, but. I didn't think that that injury and his start was worth losing his job over. I mean, maybe it's just a money thing that Gleason's just good enough to cover while we free up some funds. I don't know. I'm going to miss the guy. I liked him.
1: Well, he is definitely cheap as far as fantasy players who are looking for a good budget keeper. That's going to be starting now for sure. So, but still in the, low upper fours I think is is where he's at now so bargain basement right there and then Mike I think you also have an update for us on the all-star team
3: yeah the all-star roster was announced it has some interesting selections um let's go through them goalkeepers David Bingham Andre Blake defenders Beisler Burnbaum Simon Andrew Farrell Liam Ridgewell Keegan Rosenberry Brandon Vincent and Kendall Waston. Uh, in the midfielders, we have Kyle Beckerman for some reason, uh, Mauro Diaz, Giovanni <laughs> Dos Santos, Jermaine Jones, Kaka, Sasha Kluschen, Darlington Nagby, Andrea Pirlo, and Will Trapp. And then from forwards, Dempsey, Drogba, Giovinko, Laren, Piatti, Bia, and Wandelowski and the full list is available on the uh, the website if you need to go double check some of those names.
1: And we mentioned all this because the All-Star game falls in between rounds 20 and 21, so this very well could impact players that may be available this round or maybe resting come round 21 because the game is on the 28th of this month. So keep that in mind when you're making your trades. One thing I'm going to point out right now, there are there's an article that came out on MLS today about the five just biggest slights that happened for players not included on this team. And I definitely agree with two of these players, not just from a fantasy point of view, but just from an awesome player point of view. And that's Diego Valeri and Axo Hol- Holberry. Valeri is one of just the best offensive and creators that we have in the game right now. We can see that clearly with some of his fantasy scores in the generation he can have. And how do you not have someone from Colorado on the all-star team best defense at home best defense on the road i don't know i don't know
3: well they do have someone from colorado they have jermaine jones i mean what else
1: (laughs) (laughs) right well right
0: right get axel defender that's (laughs) that's that's the the biggest slap in the face it really is i mean i if diego valeri doesn't go i mean i guess we got nagby going which i still don't understand i mean I don't know how you pick Nagby over Valeri. First of all, doesn't make any sense. Um, it's like he—they looked at the U.S. roster and were like, uh, "Those guys need a second chance." Uh, okay, um, but not picking anybody from that Colorado defense, even with McMath. I mean, McMath should have been there over Blake, but it just—it just shows such a lack of appreciation for the game that you're that you're putting out there. I mean, Colorado best defense I've seen in the league in a long, long time. And to just snub the lot of them, I can't, I I can't fathom. And then yeah, Beckerman is the commissioner pick. So Beckerman and Diaz are the commissioner picks. I don't know how Diaz got snubbed so far down (laughs) that the commissioner had to pick him. So kudos to the commissioner for picking Diaz. But then with your second pick, you pick Beckerman, bro, you're garbage. What are you doing? I mean, th- that garbage. Beckerman will be – yeah, he'll be playing, but Valeri will not be, I am boycotting the MLS All-Star game. I'll, I'll be watching something else.
1: The reason I can see why why maybe Valeri doesn't get picked is with maybe an injury concern, since that had been happening around this time when maybe the commissioner could have picked him. But besides that, I don't know. He should have, what, he should have won based on the fan
0: pick. <clears throat> What week did Jermaine Jones come back into the league for Colorado, though? I mean it's not like these guys have all played you know
1: yeah no true
0: just it's just it's ridiculous whatever
1: very bad uh, and Axel did make our fantasy uh, uh, MVP team at the midseason, and he did retweet that he did himself on his Twitter account to try to get people uh, behind him for the actual All Star game. I am super bummed that that didn't help him more. So, if anyone is listening, please reach out to Axel and let him know if you agree, which I hope you do, that uh, we've appreciated him from the fantasy side and we've appreciated him just from the soccer side with everything that he's done and everything that Colorado's defense continues to do because it's impressive. It's impressive. But enough of that. Keep that in mind with the All-Star game coming up in San Jose. Is that right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yes. so teams are going to do a cross-country trip if you have East Co- Eastern Conference teams. So that'll be fun.
1: Okay, and then wrapping up some of this last bit of stuff with our housekeeping round 20. Everybody's playing. Hashtag rejoice. No buys, no wild cards, no double game weeks. Straight up, it is what it is. Enjoy that. And also a U.S. Open Cup warning. Those games are going to be played on the 20th. So in a couple of days, you have New England versus Philly, Chicago versus the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Good job, guys. Houston versus Dallas and L.A. versus Seattle. Did that get rescheduled? I don't think it did, did it?
3: I don't think so. I think there was talk
1: about that for a little while, but L.A. versus Seattle. So those guys are going to be playing on the 20th. I don't know who's going to show up. I don't know who's caring about... Uh, the, the open cup right now, but keep an eye on those teams in case you're going to have any picks from them. And finally, as always have to thank our Patreon supporters for of the MLS fantasy insider podcast. And I'm going to call you guys all out by name real quick here. Tim Shaw, John Hulka, Michael Denton, Ooh. Shane Goodwin, Dan McGuire, Jake, Adam Alcock, Alex Carey, Jordan Cooper, Mark, Prince Metal, Brad McConaughey, and Aaron Geyer. Thank you so much for being supporters of our podcast. We really appreciate that. Everyone who hasn't donated, that's fine too. I still love you for listening. If you'd like to donate to help make our podcast better, to help us with prizes, to help us pay the fees that we do have for our SoundCloud hosting, uh, just to help us make a better product, please feel free to go over to patreon.com MLSFI. Uh, we would we would really appreciate it. And uh, but in general, I really appreciate everyone who listens.
2: Yeah, has to be a part of them. Here, if you so. donate, you're the best. If you listen, you're <laughs> Simon, so cool. will only
3: love you if you do that. Well, thank you, Simon. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, Mike <laughs> is the best.
1: So that's all the updates. Now we're moving on to questions. Some really good ones this time. So we're going to jump right into keepers and defenders. As always, guys of the must-have players. Uh, who should we be watching out for rotation risk during all these Open Cup games and, and the All Star games and stuff? In particular, that you're you're worried about.
3: Well, I think the for for keepers and defenders, and probably it's probably Zimmerman for Dallas. Um, they're the ones with the busiest schedule. Um, just having a match this week, and uh, I guess the Zimmerman's not going to the All Star game, but I, I think Dallas is the one where I think. They're going to have the most rotation just in general. Um, so, a guy like Zimmerman, like we saw this week, Campbell, because Chicago, if, especially if they beat Fort Lauderdale, they're just going to care only about the cup. So, I think those are the teams that are going to be benching players in favor of the Open Cup. I, I don't think a whole lot of the, well, Seattle will probably bench a lot of t- players too, because their season's pretty much done. But like Los <laughs> Angeles, they're just playing a, a beat squad in the Open Cup. I wouldn't worry too much about that.
1: I feel free to expand to other positions as well.
3: Oh, for other other positions, then it's obviously Diaz because Dallas seems to care a lot about the Open Cup, and so the, and I think they're going to make the playoffs even if they throw a few league games. So <clears throat> it's going to be Diaz watch from here until they get uh, booted out of the tournament, and even then they're going to have CCL action. So it's going to be every week Diaz is going to be. Who knows.
0: Um, yeah, I guess I would, I would agree with that. I don't, it's, it's kind of when you get the last eight teams, you don't really know which teams will all of a sudden start to take it seriously. So I hope LA continues to, you know, just neglect the open cup and stumble their way through it. Cause I think we're all pretty heavily invested in LA on some level or another. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dallas, Dallas are just waiting to screw you over. Um, the U.S. Open Cup is just an excuse for them to do so. So, you kind of got to roll with the punches on that one.
2: Yeah, make sure you check check out the lineups when they come out because it's pretty hard for us to predict right now. I like some of those predictions, but ultimately you're going to have to look at the lineups. So, if you're listening to this show now, it's something to think about with those players, but maybe you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. Go back, look at the lineups, see who played the full 90. Um, you know, those might be players that you, you should watch out for, especially if they played a full 90 the week before. But, you know, it really seems to depend team to team on who's going to put out a B squad, and you never know with the Open Cup. So you got to look at the lineups.
1: Very good. Now, guys, who are your picks for keepers and defenders for round 20?
2: Um. Well... Let's hope that you're not in the position of making <laughs> keeper or goalkeeper, um, you know, transfers I or keeper or defender transfers the week after a wild card. Wow, that would be that would be weird. But for defenders, I like Glad from San Jose or from from Real Salt Lake playing against San Jose, uh, like Drew Moore from Toronto against D.C. And for keeper... I like whoever you got, but I know I'm not allowed to give that answer, so I'm going to say... Um, Is it Roe? Well, I have Roe and Blake, and I think that either of them are totally fine, although I'm going to be playing Blake this week, so whatever, we'll just make my pick Blake because that's who I have, even though he's probably not the best keeper. So, there you go. Yeah,
3: I don't think there's a whole lot of players you want to bring in that's going to be any different from the players we talked about last week for the wild card. Uh, Rose is going to be my keeper. Uh, I really like Hoberry this week on Colorado at home with an FC Dallas team that has a midweek open cup match. Starez mm-hmm. and then, um, Moore to, to round out a three-man back line would be, would be my picks.
0: Yeah, I kind of stumbled upon, um, so L.A. and SKC, starting this last week, have uh, a perfect home and away rotation uh, <laughs> for the next six weeks or next five weeks now. So uh, since L.A. is on the road this week, I am going to be putting uh, Malia with Abdul Salam in and benching Rowan Starris. But I also got uh, Soberg and uh, Zimmerman in case he plays. So I should be okay.
1: You know, the one bad thing about the, uh, the option I went with with my wild card was I brought in Roe and Tyler Derrick from Houston to try to take advantage of some of that double game week stuff down the road. And guess who got injured and didn't play this past week? Uh, my Houston goalkeeper.
0: Well, that's what you get for picking a Houston goalkeeper, you knob.
1: <laughs> we, we all know the best Houston goalkeeper is Travis, so if only he was in the game. True. If only in the game uh moving on to midfielders which i think this is where most of the trades are probably going to be at had a lot of questions about it so uh one is gerard worth holding on to with la's schedule getting more challenging and i'll go ahead and add the only reason i even had gerard in my team was because piotti had that uh late notification
0: about his suspension oh i don't i don't think it's a it's an issue at all. I mean, Gerard is one guy in a pool of superstars there. So as long as that team is healthy, I mean, do you really think they're going to be keying in on Gerard over Keen Dos Santos? Uh, probably not. I mean, there's just you can't you can't double guard them all. So um, I I fully confidently have Keen and Gerard on my team while they're both fully fit, and I plan on keeping it that way for some time to come.
2: Yeah, I agree with Guy. I mean, his fixture is also, like, the premise of this question is a little bit whack, in my opinion. The fixtures aren't good. Like, I don't know. He's got Portland away. Portland's defense. Like, Portland can win games, but their defense is not that great. So I don't see how that's a terrible fixture. Then they've got Seattle away. Again, same thing. Like, Maybe L.A. wins or loses that game. I don't know. They lost the last time they played away at Seattle. But, again, Seattle's defense has not been amazing so far. I don't see how it's that bad of a matchup. And then they've got New York at home. <clears throat> and I don't really see how that's that bad. I don't know. L.A.'s schedule doesn't seem to be getting that more much more tough to me. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. His floor, his floor is, guess, yeah. like,
2: kind yeah. of decent, too, so even if he doesn't do amazing, you know, he's probably going to get 4 or 5 points as long as he's playing and healthy. Don't think it's an emergency.
3: Well, and, and more to the point, there's not a whole lot of the big midfielders that you'd replace Jared with that have better schedules. <clears throat> like we just talked about FC Dallas having all the Open Cup and CCL. Portland's got at Los Ardo, no, they've got Los Angeles. LA's got one of the best defenses in the league. Then they've got, um, you know, Sporting Kansas City at D.C. Um, Red Bulls have, you know, the New York Derby this week, but then they go to L.A. And I think they have Colorado somewhere. No, they have Chicago at at Chicago, and that's a pretty tough matchup for offensive players. So I don't think there's a schedule. I don't think even if you think Gerard's schedule's not great, I don't think it's that much worse than the other midfielders. You'd probably replace him.
1: So that leads us into the next question is if someone is considering bringing in a new midfielder for this round, are they crazy to consider maybe dropping Diaz, uh, especially if they're just planning to pick him up after the buy round in, in 22, because that's going to get you through the, the Open Cup and, and some of these all-star games. Is, is he someone who should be potentially on your chopping block?
2: I don't think Diaz should be on your chopping block, but I also don't think you would be crazy. So the question is, would you be crazy? No, you wouldn't be crazy because he's away against Colorado and Colorado has a great defense. I don't think you're ever crazy for dropping any player on an away match against the best defense in the league. What I think becomes tough about that is that next week he's home to Vancouver, whose defense is not great, So, if you drop him now, then you're kind of forfeiting that. So, it's kind of a risk, you know. Can you find a guy who you think is better over two weeks than Diaz? Um, I think that Vancouver home match is really, really juicy. So, I think I'll be keeping him.
1: And that second game, that Vancouver game, comes right after the All-Star game.
2: Yeah. I mean, on the real, we talked about this earlier. I don't think you should be thinking about the All-Star game. Like... There's going to be very few players who play a ton of time, and I just think over analyzing like, the All-Star game is maybe a little bit of a waste of time in terms of it's all guesswork. You're just as likely to get it wrong as you are to get it right. If you see people not play, or if you see somebody play 90 minutes in the All-Star game and don't think they're going to play, then maybe you take that look then, but it's kind of far ahead. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily do that. Especially he was a commissioner's pick or whatever, so it's not like the you know Dom Kinnear even wanted to start him or whatever. He probably won't play very many minutes. Seems
3: fine. I, I was gonna say pretty much what what Simon said. If you do take him out, it's a one week thing. I I don't know who you would take him out for. Um, that's all that much better. There's not a whole lot of juicy matchups other than crew at Orlando, and that's not. There's no real midfielders other than like him that you would really get a whole lot of value for. Um, but, I mean, I, I am going to be worried about whether or not he plays this week if he does go 90 in the open cup. So I don't, I don't think you're crazy. It's something you got to think about, but I just don't see a whole lot of better options. I, I'd probably just make sure that I have good coverage on the bench to sub in if he doesn't play.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. That's that's pretty much my thought there, too, Mike.
3: Well, I think
1: this final question wraps up this train of thought that we've had with our midfielders. And they're wanting to know which midfielder should be sacrificed, particularly for Piotti. So, this is where I think the Diaz option is coming in. Many people drop Piotti when he had the suspension, picked up Gerard or Kleschet or somebody else, with the thought of dropping that player, particularly in the Gerard situation, the next week for Piotti. Then you start wondering about Diaz. So two parts. I'm going to modify this question. One, do you think Piotti is worth dropping another big-name midfielder to bring in? And if so, who?
3: I don't think Piotti is worth sacrificing any of those guys for. Um, We've talked a lot about why Piotti isn't, even though he's scored 11 goals, which is the second-best total, he's not one of the elite uh, midfielders. Most of his fantasy value has come off of goals. The problem is the expected goals numbers suggest he's due for a pretty serious regression. He scored 11 goals so far this year, but his expected goals are only 5.67. So he scored twice as much as he should have. So I don't think he's consistently at the value that everyone's expecting him for. I mean, unless he just keeps on a crazy finishing streak for the rest of the year, he's not going to be worth it. And so I don't think he's worth dropping for any of these.
2: I agree. That is a smart analysis.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have him personally, but I mean, if he's riding the hot hand, if, if you felt like he was a good guy to have, I wouldn't blame anybody for getting him. And I, with two transfers a week, I, I wouldn't limit yourself to just dropping a midfield. Out of those four midfielders, maybe you don't want to have one of your forwards up top. You know, maybe downgrade a midfield and or a, a forward and upgrade your your midfield or something. So I don't know. I'm not. If we all are in agreement on not getting Piotti, he's going to go off this week. So <laughs> I mean, he's going I'm up again. Now, if I should rethink my strategy and pick him up because you guys are so against him too. Hmm. I'm
1: not necessarily against it. He was in my original draft in my wild card. Like I said, before, before he got that, that card, um, a lot of his goals have been coming here in this second part of the season, especially after round 10, uh, he's gotten five goals since starting around 11 up through round 18. So, so there's a good amount of consistency there. So he's on some form. He's going up against Philly, which I know we've had some questions about them recently, even though they did start the season. Well, it's a home game. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some good opportunity for him to do well in this round. And if you really have some serious questions about Diaz or one of these other midfielders going forward, um, then yeah, I, I could see how that's a trade that could make sense. Uh, if if you're hoping for that to be long-term planning, you've got Montreal home versus Philadelphia in this coming round. Then you have Montreal away versus DC in 21. And then you're coming up with Montreal home versus Houston in 22, so it's not that's not a bad looking schedule, I think.
0: Yeah, and I kind of people always think that they're wasting a transfer um, if they sell a guy and bring him right back. I mean, if you don't feel great about Diaz going to Colorado, which you shouldn't, you know, it's not it's not a huge deal to drop Diaz for that game, pick up Piotti, and then switch it back with a single transfer again next week. I mean. Not spending that kind of money against a Colorado defense isn't a bad move. I don't see how that's a wasted transfer. I mean, it's not like you have to lock this move in for the next five rounds or something. So, you know, you got a wild card now to back you up if anybody gets hurt or anything mad bad happens. So, yeah, pick him up for a week and see how he works and then get Diaz back when the favor is dribble, uh, favorable.
1: And if he does awful, you can just tweet me and tell me how stupid I am.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Only if you make a graphic.
1: I always appreciate graphics. Okay. So guys, who are your picks then for midfield? All
0: right. Well, I am tentatively then I mean, I'm still, you know, Gerard <laughs> and Valeri. Um, I'm going to keep Diaz this week. And because I have and it's my personal thing, I, i like the 3 the three, four, three system. I know a lot of guys kind of went to a three, five, two for their wildcard team. Um, I'm going to roll with uh, Alberg and Azira for my backup uh, midfielders. So, I mean, don't don't sell Michael Azira short because that guy is like a steady train of mm-hmm. just bonus points. So um, I think Alberg could still go off and get some big points in a, in a good spot. So I'm really just – that's my big three though, Gerard, Valeri, and Diaz.
2: Saucy. I got my picks are Valeri even against LA's great defense. It doesn't matter. He's so good. Um, and then, what's-his-face? Benny Failhaber. I like his matchup against the Ozzy alonzo lists Seattle Sounder Chickens. Um, and the Andrea Pirlo guy. I like him. This New York Derby. I know Andrea Pirlo had kind of a mediocre week this week. But... I think his floor is generally pretty low and could do well against the Red Bulls who, hmm, I don't know. I could see it. I could see them allowing a goal on a corner kick. I'm feeling it right now. And I bet that's going to be assisted by Andrea Pirlo. We'll get
1: into some of that next question.
3: Uh, well, I'm pretty much rehashing what they said. Valeri, Gerrard, um, Betty Fallhaber, and uh, Sasha Fleshen would be my four picks.
1: Uh, so, guys, now time for forwards. Is Keane worth holding on to as we talked about some differences in the L.A.'s schedule, but some people think it's getting harder. Is Keane worth holding on to particularly, though, after this sort of rough subpar game week that he had?
3: Yeah, he's still worth holding on to. I mean, he had two golden opportunities to score, a penalty kick and a goal that I think was called offside but wasn't actually offside. Um, so we could very easily be talking about how he scored 12, 13 points, and was a great captain pick. As long as he's, as long as your forward is generating chances, he's worth holding on to. And Keane's still generating chances, so I would still hold on to
0: him. Yeah, I agree. I, it was just a very unfortunate. I mean, if that game would have happened three weeks after the wild card, you would you would have taken it as okay that was one of three weeks. But because it kicked the wild card off with a one point performance. Um, it was rough, but I still have full faith that with the players that he has around him, he's gonna generate some serious points.
2: Yeah, um, if you got Keen with your wild card and are planning to transfer him out, your planning is bad. You should be holding on to him. Were you really just getting Keen for one week? Nah, fam, he's gonna score.
1: And then we'll expand this real quick because Guy mentioned it a second ago. Uh, what about Gio? He's he's had some rough patches.
2: Oh, my God. Josie is coming back. Gio is going to put so many goals in the net, balls in the net for goals. It's going to be lit. And he's got a double game week coming up. Don't drop Giovinco. Don't be an idiot.
0: Yeah, I keep I keep seeing like these people on Twitter like, oh, it's just time to get rid of Giovinco. I can't be having... Javinko against a nine-man team not scoring. This is ridiculous. It's like, okay, only Valeri has scored more points than him in fantasy this year by two points. Like, So he had a slump. Um, I think he's, he's proven that he can generate points at a faster rate than anybody else that isn't actively on the score sheet. So, um, yeah, I hope you jabronis do sell Javinko, as a matter of fact so that the rest of us can look like geniuses at the end of the year because that's he's, – he's ridiculously so much better than everybody else on the pitch when he plays, so.
3: Well, I, I guess I'll, I'll be the idiot who um, argues in favor of considering dropping Giovinko. Um, <laughs> the The problem is all of his shots are outside the box. Like, if you look at, like, shots and chances created, when you do inside – And outside the box, he's like the number one overall. He looks like he's the greatest thing. But then when you take out chances outside the box, he's like only the 12th best player. And for $13, that's a whole lot for a lot of bad chances. And if you watch that San Jose game, he was like way back, whereas like Drew Moore was the forward. It was totally bizarre. So I don't know if Josie Altidore coming back is going to fix that. Where all of a sudden – Giovinco can make the runs, which he's so much better at, and can generate much better chances. But for 13 for 13 million, I'm looking for a little bit more than just a whole lot of outside-the-box shots. Now he has a double game week; he has a whole bunch of whole game home games. I'm probably not going to drop him, but I'm going to be thinking about dropping him the second 22 is over.
0: Okay. No, the, I have the to... dude scored 11 points on a game he didn't score a goal in. So whatever he's doing, let him do it.
2: He,
1: this guy. I'm, I'm
0: still full team Joe, team uh, Gio. No,
1: team. team Josie. What? What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. Freudian nope, that's slip. That's the day Quill talking. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, nope, um, nope.
2: Don't <laughs> drop Giovinco. He has four game, ho- four home games coming up. Are people really considering this? I'm sorry, but it's so stupid. Like, what do you have to be that against the grain? I'm not saying Mike specifically because Mike said he'd hold him through 22, right? But if you're one of these people on Twitter whining about Giovinco, like who are you going to have that's better? You're insane. Well, some some harsh words continue
1: to come from Simon, but uh, I like I like the insights, guys. I'm done. Before After Tim dropped question, all that I, stuff, I have to have I have to have Guy weigh in. So Simon has said Darby, Mike has said Darby. Where do you fall, Guy?
0: Um, it's Darby because we watch football. So
1: okay, yeah, I'm Darby well,
0: guy. I'm a Darby guy all the way
1: you guys are crazy. I'm from Kentucky and we call them derbies. So we have New York city versus New York again in the New York. York, They called this New York soccer wars. I I enjoyed that saying on, uh, on Reddit, but what do you guys think is going to happen in this meeting of the New York teams?
2: What's Mike think? He's our resident New York city football fan. Me and guy are just out here in the middle of nowhere, log and hipster country in the Pacific Northwest.
3: Um, I'm always terrified. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what's going to happen because New York's uh, cities kind of changed their style so much since that 7 0 drubbing. Um, It it could really go either way. Um, As far as fantasy, I I, I could see bringing in Via and Sasha and them doing really well or doing really poorly. I know that doesn't help a whole lot, but I think that makes this game kind of really interesting because it can go a lot of different ways because New York City's improved themselves and started to take this rivalry seriously. So it should be a whole lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I just hope to see a good game. I hope to see the best 11 play against the best 11. And if they shortchange us on that one, I'm out.
2: I bet there will be goals. That's what I think. I think there will be some goals scored in the soccer game.
0: Most games Josh Saunders plays in are going to have goals. Exactly. <laughs> this is
2: this is what I'm thinking.
3: That is true.
1: And oh, so sad. So sad. All right. Well, who are you all picking for your forwards for this
3: week? Um, I'm gonna go with Keane, um, David Villa, and Ola Kamara.
0: Oof. I am. I'm a hundred percent on Keen and Giovinco. Um, I currently have Kamara, but I am still going to have to work that one around. But my two main picks are Keen and Giovinco.
2: Uh Keen, Giovinco, and Bradley Wright Phillips.
1: Big guns, big guns. Very nice. Okay. Finally, we have our must haves and captain. And we have a question here that I really enjoyed and hope you guys can give some good insight on just a generic question. And it comes from a first-time player. And so he says, uh, for players in their first season, what should their fantasy goals be? And what's a reasonable, respectable rank for someone who's just starting out? And then just for fun, for a seasoned player and then for a casual player.
0: I think for a first-year player, um, man, if you could shoot for you know, top 1,000 for a first-year player, I think you'll learn the yeah. the game pretty well. Um after a while, I think it's most people's goal to be top 100 after you've played it a year or two. But if you can get in top 1,000, um, you know, that, that just basically is you showing up every week and setting an active lineup. So make that your goal. And then if you can get top 500, then, yeah, you have something to brag about.
2: Yeah, I like Guy's way of thinking about it. To me, like the goal, if you're a first year player, shouldn't be a rank, it should be to do better as the season goes on. So maybe you're not doing great at the start of the season, but as the season goes on, learning and hoping that your round rank is getting consistently better. Um, Obviously you're going to have some variance, but maybe by the end of the season, you're you're doing a lot better in terms of what your round rank is. And then maybe, you know, you finish in the top 500 or so. That'd be a pretty good result. Um, I don't know about who plays MLS Fantasy that's a casual player, I'd love to hear from some of them, actually. It just seems like it's a lot of thought if you're kind of casual about it. But for a seasoned player, I don't know. Everyone wants to finish as highly as, as possible. I think my first year, this is my fourth year now, and I think the first year I finished 106th. The second year was like 50 something or maybe 60th. And then last year I finished exactly 100. And my goal this year was top 10, and I'm kind of like on pace to do that but could still totally fall off. So... I don't know, I guess, what? It, how do you pronounce his name? Mito? Mito? I think he's been like top 10 every year, so that's a pretty cool goal.
3: Yeah, I think oh, for a first-year person, I think your goal isn't really ranks, it's just figuring out who the players are and how the game works and how to plan and the home and away and all this other stuff that we talk about is kind of given rules that you have to learn as a first-year player. You know, just trying to keep getting better and I think you're doing fine. You know, top thousand, a hundred, top a hundred. If you're a, a seasoned player,s sounds reasonable to me. But for first year players, just focus on learning and loving the game.
1: Yeah, I think I definitely fall somewhere in in every little bit that you guys have said. A uh, thousand is the kind of the number I would have I would have uh, put it at. Like if you hit top a thousand, that's a great a great goal to set for yourself. But like Simon was saying, and like Mike was saying. I would think I would hope that if this is your first year playing MLS fantasy, that you're just enjoying MLS and using it as a tool to help become familiar with players and help become familiar with the league. And yeah, there are gonna be frustrations. Yeah, we have our quirks, but you're gonna find that in in a lot of leagues, not the same ones, but they all have their their little their quirks to them. But I hope you're using it as a chance to get Connected with the community. If you're listening to our podcast, I hope you're interacting with us on Twitter. I hope you're going to other forums. I hope you're going to r/slash fantasy MLS. There's some great communities that have popped up around MLS, and fantasy is just one of them. Uh, but use it as your gateway into that. After that, if you once you start considering yourself a seasoned player, however long you want to think that takes, uh, I think the guys are spot on. Something in the top 500 or, or top 100 would be great a hundred i would kind of put towards more of those hardcore players the guys who are crunching the stats and then spending time with with the boards and doing stupid amounts of planning that that we tend to try to cater to sometimes um but in general top thousand top 500 i think those are some good progressions to move yourself along with and just have fun have fun and part of fun is picking a great captain which Few of us have been able to successfully do this season, but guys, do you have any must-have players, and who is your captain pick for this round?
2: I'll go out on a limb and say there are no must-have players for this round. Um, I think all of the matchups have some drawbacks.
3: My captain
2: is Giovinco. I I don't have a
3: must-have. Either, because most of the people that I'd recommend, you probably already have on your team anyway, my captain is going to be Ola Kamara because I want anyone playing against that Orlando defense.
0: Ooh, look at you, you fantasy hipster, you. <laughs> um, I don't know, yeah, must-have. I, I would like to think Valeri and Jovinko are must-haves because most people do have them, so... Um, God, it's it's hard to not have Valeri at home on a captaincy, so even against LA, I still think he generates bonus points and probably gets part of some goals. So uh, it's, it's a toss up between Giovinco and Valeri for me, but I'm leaning to Valeri.
1: All right. Well, there you have it. Those are questions and picks for round 20. I hope you all found those helpful as well as the answers to the questions. If you have any more, head over to r slash fantasy MLS and uh, interact with that community. Speaking of community, it's community time and the r slash fantasy MLS top scorer for round 19 goes to the manager Remy L of the team taco corp FC. I loved that name, uh, especially with the head to head stuff that we've been emphasizing this year. So taco corp comes out on top with 109 points. Great score. I think that was just uh, two or three points off from the high score overall. So well done, Remy. Well played indeed. Moving on to the MLS Fantasy Insider head to head league. I went up against Guy this round and I did come out on top with seventy nine points. We have both lamented a Keen captain and so it was it was pretty close. I think that could have gone either way. What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, I mean if I hadn't a captain Keen, you know, I probably would have captained a midfielder and I would have done great. But uh, what are you gonna do? I mean, it's just one loss. I, I got time.
1: It's helping me boost my ego. That's that's what it is. I appreciate that. No. Um, moving down, we have uh, Jason with the highest score of the round, who could not join us tonight. Ninety-five points put him on top of Older goaler. Uh Well played to both of you all. Fantasy Football twenty-four-seven has c- bounced back from their disappointing loss, and they did beat uh, Mister Andrew Corolla, and it was eighty-seven to seventy. So uh, a nice, nice little bit there. So well, well done, guys. Well done. Back back on top still. Well, I guess you never left. Uh, And then Mike, how'd your game turn out
3: against Mr. Simon? Uh, I lost, which better to lose to Simon than losing to the taco, which is what I did two weeks ago. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: there we go enough said that that sums it all up for Simon. Uh, Travis had a very close game with Ben bear from MLS and 86 to 92. So Ben is making quite a, a nice little run towards the top in this mid season. And then Ivan, the terrible from fantasy football first beat just trounced uh, my buddy, Steve, our taco uh, 80 to 42. I think that has to be one of the largest margins of the year. Pretty bad pretty bad oh well
3: next round bigger (laughs) what i know of one margin bigger 66 points you can probably guess um who is on the low end of that remember the 44
1: (laughs) (laughs) well next round for round 20 we have uh simon going up against my buddy steve congrats on your win simon Uh, Then we have Andrew going up against Ivan from Fantasy Football first. Older goaler going up against Travis. Mr. Guy Sanchez is taking on Michael Denton. Ooh, big match there, boys. Then we have Jason Wiskovich going up against Fantasy Football 24-7. So you can expect there to be a ridiculous amount of memes and gifs thrown around on Twitter. Get into it. It'll be fun. Those guys are crazy. And then I am going up against Ben Bear from MLS, and I I hope it goes well. And that's all that we have for the show tonight. Guys, do you have any plugs you want to throw out before we wrap it up?
2: I'd just like to say that I just looked at my league standings, and I'm in the worst place in our head-to-head league of literally anything, including the overall rankings. <laughs> Impressive. Tied for third in our league, and it's it's worse than any other position. Getting wrecked by Ivan and fantasy football twenty four seven. Good job, guys.
1: We have a we have a tough league, and uh, th- we're probably going to try to do some stuff with Fantasy Premier League uh, that's coming up soon to to do have, have continued fun head to head matches with them, and uh, we'll try to do some stuff with our slash fantasy as well.
0: Very excellent.
1: No, I think we're good, man. All right, Mike, anything else you want to plug?
3: No, other than um, fantasy uh, or the injury news report goes out the day of the transfers. I, I guess that'll be Friday this week, so I'll wrap up all the injury news there. So that's
1: about it. So, indeed, and as always, please check out the articles over at r slash, oh, sorry, it's r slash fantasy MLS, of course, and over at mlsfantasyboss.com. I think there may be some information this round that deals with draft fantasy particular. If that is something that you guys are interested in hearing about, we'll have some coverage from that. Uh, As I already plugged, there are going to be some EPL leagues coming out soon at r slash fantasy MLS, both classic and head to head get in on those. If you are ready to continue your year long soccer fantasy journey that you get to enjoy as being a fan of the U S soccer system and pretty much anybody else in the world. So you can look forward to that coming out with hope in the next week, but that all depends on what EPL does. And with that being said, good luck.